is coming up now on Established in the Faith. The virgin birth is crucial to our salvation. Had Jesus been born as a result of natural procreation, then he would have had a sin nature and he would have been unfit to be the sacrifice for all of mankind. Hello, neighbor, and welcome today to Established in the Faith. This is Pastor James Pierce of Friendship, Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina, and how so very pleased and happy we are to be with you today. Got a great message lined up for you. Hope you can stay with us for the next 30 minutes. If not, let me encourage you to go over to establishedinthefaith.com. There you can listen to today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. Well, we're going to go on into the message now. Hope and pray it'll be a blessing to you. your Bibles this morning, would you turn with me please to the Gospel according to St. Luke. The Gospel according to St. Luke chapter 2, and move down if you will to verse 8. Luke chapter 2, verse 8, and there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping their watch over the flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. The angel of the Lord said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you, you shall find the baby wrapped, in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. This morning I want to take another one of the great hymns of the faith and expound upon it just a little bit. Hark the herald angels sing. This particular hymn was written by the great Methodist preacher of the 1700s, Charles Wesley. During this particular time, it was common for pastors to write songs so that those in the congregation could learn the great doctrines of the Bible. Charles Wesley is known for writing some 6,500 hymns, many of which we find in our hymn books today. Music is a very powerful thing. It can be used as a teaching tool, and I wonder how many in this place, how many listening by radio today, you learned your ABCs by singing a little tune, or maybe you learned your multiplication tables by singing a song. And I want to deal with something, and it's going to be a little touchy, but the church today is divided, split right down the middle as it pertains to music in the church. And You have the older generation that prefers the hymns. You have the younger generation that wants something more of a contemporary style. 
And I, I want to address this a little bit. The hymns of the past are full of good, sound, biblical doctrine, which is greatly needed in the church today. If the song is based on the Bible, then it never gets old. Now, there's nothing wrong with having screens in the church, public screens where everybody can read off the wall or off whatever. There's nothing wrong with that. And maybe you don't want hymn books in your church and you want to go electronic with everything. Let me just say this. The hymn book and the hymns of the past have their place up on our public screens in the church today. Because if they go along with what the Word of God says, then it has its place in our churches. Now I want to deal with the older generation. There was a time when this song right here, written by Charles Wesley, Hark the Herald Angels Sing, there was a time when it was new to the ears of the listener. And they were not familiar with it. And they preferred some of the older hymns that had been written before that time. And if the people who heard this song had the same attitude that many in the church today have, we wouldn't have Hark the Herald Angels Sing. So we need to take a look at our attitude toward new Christian music that comes into the church. Secondly, again speaking to the older generation, if you'd have heard Heart the Herald Angel Sing, if you, had you heard it when it was first written, the music would have been very strange to you. Because the music that goes to the words has changed since its original production. And I said all of that to say this. There's nothing wrong with taking an old hymn of the faith and changing up the music a little bit and, and making it a little bit more modern. There's nothing wrong with that. As long as it, the music don't get so loud you can't understand what's being said and it's done in the right spirit. I think a good church has a moderation of the old hymns of the faith as well as some of the new songs that's coming out. And you've got a good mixture of music in your church, something that suits everybody. Now, heart the herald angels sing the first few words of this great song. Glory to the newborn king. Ever since the angels were created sometime in eternity past, and we don't know when that was, the angels had always been with the Lord Jesus Christ. But for nine months, he was missing. And the angels would look upon the throne and he was not there. And they didn't understand why he was not there. But then all of a sudden, 
he appeared as a little baby in Bethlehem, lying in a manger. And the word spread like the proverbial wildfire. They hadn't seen him in nine months, and now all of a sudden, there he is. And they were praising God and worshiping God. Hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn king. Peace on earth and mercy mild, God and sinners reconciled. The Roman Empire was in power at the time Jesus was born. The Roman Empire ruled and reigned in this world for a thousand years, and for much of that time they were at war somewhere in the world. Except for the time that Jesus Christ was born. During that period of time, the Roman emperors did not understand it. But the reason there was peace in the Roman Empire in the world of that day was because the Prince of Peace was here. Glory to God. And let me tell you something. He is the Prince of Peace. And not only did he come to bring peace to the world as it pertains to nation against nation, but he came into this world to put an end to the war that's going on between God and man. Or man and God. It's more so on the part of man than it is God. But Jesus Christ came, the Prince of Peace, to bring an end to this warfare that's going on between God and man. Joyful all ye nations rise, join the triumph of the skies. Sin is what gives Satan a legal right to do all that he does. To hold man in captivity. But when Jesus Christ died on Calvary, he paid the sin debt, took away Satan's legal right. And when he come up out of that grave, it was the greatest victory that mankind has ever known. Join the triumph of the skies. With angelic hosts proclaim, Christ is born in Bethlehem. Jesus did not come to save the angels. They were of a different creation. Jesus came to save you and I. And as we join the great angelic host in praise to the Lord Jesus Christ, and we don't know how many angels there are, they're innumerable. But our voices should be louder. Because we know and have experienced salvation personally. We have experienced something that the angels have not. And they do not understand our salvation experience and they desire to look into it, and they desire to know, but they will never experience what you and I have experienced in the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 2 of that song says, Christ by highest heaven adored, Christ the everlasting Lord. God the Father literally bankrupt heaven to save 
you and I. The song goes on to say, Late in time, behold him come. Immediately after the fall, God pointed to a Redeemer who was to come. But it took 4,000 years before the Redeemer came. Now, it doesn't take God long to do anything. He created this world in six days and rested on the seventh. But when it comes to fallen man, that's a little bit different story. God had to show man just how lost he was. So God gave the law to Moses. And the people said, oh, we can keep that, no problem. But no one ever kept the law of God perfectly. It was God's way of showing mankind, you are a sinner and you need to be saved. Along with the law, God gave the Old Testament sacrificial system, which said, when you break my law, if you'll bring the lamb and offer it up, then you'll be forgiven of your sins. It all pointed to Jesus Christ and what he would do for us on Calvary's cross. Those Old Testament saints, when they would bring their sacrifice, they were looking forward to Jesus' coming. Today, you and I can look back on it and we can say, He's come. He's already come. But oh, but we can say something else too. He is coming again. He's coming again with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God. The dead in Christ shall rise first, and we which are alive and remain shall be caught up to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Offspring of the virgin's womb. Offspring of the virgin's womb. The virgin birth is crucial to our salvation. Had Jesus been born as a result of natural procreation, then he would have had a sin nature, and he would have been unfit to be the sacrifice for all of mankind. Veiled in flesh, the Godhead see, hail the incarnate deity. Jesus was not half God and half man. He was fully God and fully man. He laid aside his deity. He laid aside his God powers, if you will. He took upon the form of sinful flesh, yet without sin. John said in John chapter 1, verse 14, that the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. We beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. The song goes on to say, Pleased as man with men to appear, Jesus our Emmanuel here. Emmanuel means God in the flesh, the God-man. Verse 3 of the song says, Hail the heaven-born Prince of Peace. Hail the Son of Righteousness. Jesus Christ lived a perfect life. He never sinned one time in word, thought, or deed. 
If Jesus had not lived a perfect life, then he would still be in the grave today. But because of his perfect life, because of his righteousness, Satan had no right to hold him in the grave. And his resurrection is proof of his perfect life, his righteousness. Now let me tell you something. When you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior, He takes your sin and He gives you His righteousness. Glory to God. And the Bible says without righteousness and without holiness, no man can see God. If you get to heaven today, it won't be because of what you did. It'll all be because you placed your faith in what He did for you. Light and life to all he brings, risen with healing in his wings. God is light, and in him there is no darkness. There's evidence that when God created Adam and Eve and placed them in that garden, they were clothed in an array of light. But when they partook of that fruit and they sinned against God, they lost that covering. And they knew that they were naked and they took fig leaves and tried to cover themselves. But God provided proper clothing for them which required the death of an animal, the death of an innocent victim which again points to Jesus Christ and what he would do for us on the cross. Now, when Jesus died on Calvary and he rose from the grave on the third day, he arose in a glorified body. Now, we don't know what all that entails, but the Bible says in 1 John 3 and 2, Beloved, now we're the sons of God, but it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Ladies and gentlemen, there's no hope for these physical bodies. The only thing you can do with these bodies is to jack these up and put a new one in the place of it. But let me tell you something, God's got one better than that. He's going to rapture you up and change you in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, and you'll have a glorified body. And again, like I said, what all that entails, I don't know. But it's going to be great. Praise God, I'm going to have some hair again. I might even lose a few pounds. Y'all didn't have to say amen that loud. <laughs> Mild he lays his glory by, born that man no more may die. We're all going to die a physical death. But that's not the worst thing that can happen to a person. The worst thing that could happen to an individual is if they die lost. And they die and go to hell to burn there forever and forever. And sadly and regrettably, much of this world has died lost. It's the second death 
But Jesus Christ came to put a stop to that. Born that men no more may die, die a second death. Born to raise the sons of earth, born to give them second birth. All of mankind is born spiritually dead because of sin. But when you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior, that opens up the door for the Holy Spirit to come into your heart and life. The Bible calls that being born again. Verse 4 of the song, Dana, if you will. Come, desire of nations, come, fixing us thy humble home. I wish more people would come to know the Lord Jesus Christ. If you'll accept Jesus Christ as your Savior, He'll come into your heart and life. He'll change your life. And whatever problem you've got, He can fix it. I said, Jesus can fix it for you if you'll let Him. Fixing us thy humble home. Come, desire of nations, come. Many nations. This gospel is not for just one particular skin color, but it's for all people. The Bible says in Revelation 7 verse 9, John said, I beheld and lo a great multitude which no man could number of all nations and kindreds and people and tongues stood before the throne and before the Lamb clothed with white robes with palms in their hands. Jesus came for everybody. Rise the woman's conquering seed, bruise in us the serpent's head. Genesis 3 and 15 in your Bible. It is the first place in the Word of God where God pointed to a Redeemer who was to come. The seed of the woman will bruise the head of the serpent. When a person gets saved, the first thing the Holy Spirit does is to come into your heart and life and bind up that sin nature, to shut it down, put it in a state of remission, to render it ineffective. He shuts down the sin factory, if you will. And once he shuts that down, then he starts cleaning you up. Rise the woman's conquering seed, bruise in us the serpent's head. Adam's likeness now efface, stamp thine image in its place. The word efface means to erase a mark from the surface. And the way God does that is internally. Psychology wants to deal with the externals and thereby try to change the man by changing his environment. But God changes the man by getting down on the inside, getting down to the heart of the problem, which is sin. And he erases that mark on the outside by working on what's on the inside. Are you understanding me? Stamp thine image in its place. The purpose of the Holy Spirit when he shuts your sin factory down, the sin nature... He's going to start cleaning you up, and He's going to make you more Christ-like. I wish He could just, boom, and I look like Christ. I've been saved for 30-some years, and I'm still not even close 
to looking like the Lord Jesus Christ. But oh, let me tell you, that day's coming, and it ain't going to be very far off. Second Adam from above, reinstate us in thy love. Sin separated us from God. But in Romans chapter 5, in verse 8, the Bible says that God commended his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. God loves you today. You might not feel like you're loved, but God loves you today. That was his whole reason for coming. If you were the only one in the world who had ever sinned, Jesus Christ would have come and died just for you. My question to you today is this. Have you accepted the greatest gift the world has ever known? I don't know what you're going to get for Christmas, but if you'll accept Jesus Christ as your Savior today, I know what you're going to get. And he'll put a smile on your face. Amen. Let's all stand together and sing, Hark the Herald Angels Sing. Glory to the newborn King. program today has been a blessing to you and you would like to have a free CD copy of this message, just give us a call or text us at 252-299-4234. You can also go to establishedinthefaith.com. There you will find today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. But perhaps you need someone to just talk to or to just pray with you about something. Again, just give us a call at 252 252- Two nine nine four two three four. This program is an outreach ministry of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. As well, depends on the prayerful and generous financial support of listeners like you. To contact us or to contribute to this ministry, go to establishedinthefaith.com. Click on the Donate tab. It's easy and all donations are safe and secure through PayPal. You can also mail us at Established in the Faith, P.O. Box 601, Bailey, North Carolina, 27807. We look forward to hearing from you. I'm Haven. And I'm Juliana. And you've been listening to Established in the Faith with our dad, James Pierce. He's the pastor of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. We have Sunday school every Sunday morning at 945 and worship service at 11, as well as prayer meeting and Bible study every Wednesday night at 730. Go to establishinthefaith.com and click on the events tab for gospel singings and other special services. That's right, Jules. And the church is located at 744 Friendship Church Road in Middlesex, North Carolina, near the EMET community. On the website, if you click on the Contact Us tab, Google Maps will bring you right to us. We would love to have you, and we hope to see you there. And we hope today's program has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening, and God bless you. (music) 